Amen. All right. Well, let's put the Psalter down. We don't want to press our young ones too much here. You doing okay? We're not, it's not overburdening you here? No. Okay, all right, good. I'm teasing you, by the way, first time. All right, um, so this will be our last lesson on discipline. So I'm not sure, Aaron, I think you caught it all, maybe some others, right? Uh, I kind of want to just top it off with this lesson. And uh, there's been, I think, three or four lessons before this. But I'm going to start with Hebrews chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. And I'm going to go through it. I'm going to highlight a few points. And uh, God here is, uh, the writer of Hebrews is making this comparison between earthly fathers and the heavenly father and the discipline. It says, here's the word of God. Furthermore, we have had heavenly fathers who corrected us. So, heavenly fathers take up the task, and correct. And we paid them respect. So your children will not immediately respect you as you discipline them, but hopefully looking back, they will respect you. So we've had, uh, furthermore, we had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? So just as we learn to obey our earthly father, so that's training for obeying the heavenly father. Or to say it the other way, if you haven't learned how to obey your earthly father, you're going to struggle to obey the heavenly father. It goes on to say, for they indeed for a few days chastened, chastened us as it seemed best to them. But he, for our profit, that we may be partakers of holiness... So God disciplines us that we may be partakers of holiness. God sends a command to the earthly father that he would be used of God to discipline us so that we would be partakers of holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. That will come up again when you discipline your children. It needs to be Painful, painful, because it's producing. Nevertheless, afterward, this painful discipline will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So, one of the early points we made was is that the, the mindset of parents should be blessing upon blessing. And when we come to the task of discipline, it's not I'm large and I'm in charge. It's not, I'm angry, therefore I've got to release my temper upon your backside. It's blessing upon blessing. Our Heavenly Father is the master of blessing, and he prescribes from this passage that earthly fathers should also seek, and all that they do, to bless. So whether you give your children toys, whether you spend time with them, or whether you spank them, it's all a blessing, and that should be your mindset. Sometimes after they've uh, done something they shouldn't have done, that's not always your mindset, but that needs to be our mindset when we go into it as opposed to just this blind fury of rage. And then also from Proverbs 23, these are harsh words by our modern ears, but it's the word of God. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him, right? What was it, the... Uh, um, 
some government agency, right? I'm just sure if we put that on our door, I can imagine they'd be knocking on our door to come retrieve those children. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. In case you didn't get it, verse 14. You shall beat him with a rod. And why? So you can deliver his soul from hell. So the battle is epic. The battle is epic. Either you do this and by faith and save their soul, or you do it poorly or don't do it at all, and they're, you're setting the stones and the steps for hell. It's an epic battle. And for those that have been through it, we remember. And for those that are in the middle of it, you might painfully remember <laughs> what's going on even now, right? So this passage scares us when we read these words of rod and beat. They scare us. We think we know better. Modern man has been told, reason with the two-year-old. Even if they're spitting in your face, reason with them, right? Uh, or if they're, uh, or they're going to, otherwise they're going to, they're going to learn to ma manipulate you no matter what, right? So there are children who know how to turn on the tears. There are children who learn how to say the right thing, like open says me, or yes, 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 dad, without really meaning it. Or there's the classic one that's come up, right? Time out. It's time for a time out. Go stand in the corner. So as earthly fathers, we are taking up the role of the heavenly father. If we employ other methods, consider what we're teaching our children. If we say, God, I'm not using your methods. I'm going to use my own. Guess what we're in? We're upset with them because they're rebelling. Guess what we're doing against the heavenly father? We're rebelling. So here we are, rebels, telling them don't rebels. We have a log in our eye, and we're trying to remove the speck from their eye. This is the height of hypocrisy. How would they respect us, right? So if we employ our own methods, we are testifying God is cruel, and we know better than him. And we're rebels, right? That's what we're saying. Or if we attempt to reason with the child, considering, consider what we're doing. We are saying by the way, there is an aspect of teaching the child, but reasoning with the child is a little bit different. We are telling the child, you and I are equals, so let's talk. Right? And God says, no, you're not equals. I put you over them, and you are called to discipline them. So imagine, um, yeah, so we're telling them that we are equals, and we are accepting their claim of rebellion, and we're trying to talk them out of it. Right? Which of us is going to stand before the holy and righteous God on Judgment Day and attempt to reason our way out of something? And how long will that last? Nanoseconds, picoseconds, as he cast his gaze upon us, as we remember all those things that we've done. So we don't, we're not going to reason. We might teach our children, but we're not going to reason. Or consider the theology behind a timeout. Anyone with a, I know Dave is, anybody else with a Catholic history? Purgatory. Go stand in the corner for a while, and the passing of time, things will be better. We're teaching them purgatory. The practical outworkings of purgatory, right? Or wait till dad gets home, which is even, yeah, let it hang over their head, right? God has been clear. Beat or spank your child with a rod. Put, into good put these good practices, put them into play, and discover the right theology that's behind it. All right. The gracious Father calls us to imitate him. 
So imagine the scenario. You issue the two-year-old a direct command. They stop. They listen. You know from experience that they've comprehended what you've said. Then they turn and do just the opposite. I'm going to say something, right, that might strike you, but I think it's the right theology. This is a high crime. This is a high crime. And God's word says it's worthy of the damnation of hell. To us moderns who are not holy, who don't think in those terms like, seriously, I am not speaking in hyperbole. This is a high crime worthy of hell. Consider the commandments. These little ones have broken the fifth commandment. They have not honored their parents. And remember, what does every sin deserve? Wrath and curse of God. So we don't often think in the same terms of holiness like God does, but this is a high crime. Take it another step farther. Another scenario. The young child is playing with their sibling. You notice that the four-year-old has their eye fixed on the two-year-old. And the two-year-old has a certain toy that he's playing with or she's playing with, and the four-year-old has been trying to ply that toy out of them. By the way, I'm sure this scenario never happens in a family, right? Right? The two-year-old is not giving in. There's no amount of reasoning. He's hold, he or she's holding on to that toy, right? So the four-year-old looks around, takes a quick glance, and throws a sucker punch right to the face, Right? Never happened. The two-year-old's in tears. The toy drops. The four-year-old picks up the toy. They're often playing with it, right? So, right? So this, too, is a high crime. Just the same level of the other one. What sins have been committed? Well, what's the Tenth Commandment? Thou shalt not covet. He was coveting his brother or sister's toy, right? What did he do to his brother, and what was he willing to happen to his brother? He was going to wound him, right? And I would tell you this was a, and he was even willing to severely wound him, a sucker punch to the face. So I would tell you this is an extension of the commandment, thou shall not kill, right? He was willing to go that far to get that toy, because coveting had taken a hold of his heart. And if coveting continues to take hold of one, a little one's heart, and you don't discipline them, where are they going? What's the, what's the Proverbs say? They're on their way to hell, aren't they? Another scenario. Mom has made some chocolate chip cookies. Gluten-free, of course, because that's where we all are, right? Um, special dessert for after dinner tonight. The five, six, seven-year-old, you pick the age, comes up and asks politely, Mom, Dad, Mom, may I have some? No, no, we're going to... Save these. We're almost time for dinner. We're going to save these for after dinner, special occasion. Mom leaves the kitchen. They're on this nice cooling sheet, right? Mom comes back. Three cookies are gone. There's nobody else in the house. Mom calls the little one up and says, Do you know where the cookies are? No, no, I don't know where the cookies are. Mom notices around the corner of the mouth. A little cookie residual, and on the hands, a little cookie residual. Are you sure you don't know where the cookies are? No, no, I don't know where the cookies are. All right. He's energetically denying it all the way. This, too, is a high crime, deserving of hell. 
All right. What commandments been? What two commandments have been sure been broken? Probably three, but what two? Thou shalt not, or thou shalt bear not bear false testimony, right? Honor your parents. Thou shalt not steal, right? There's probably multiple commandments, but those two struck out to me. So, let me use some biblical. Let me use some biblical language. It is now time for these children to be beat, that their souls might be saved from hell. So my wife and I have had 25 years of experience spanking 10 different bottoms. Some are in the room, right? We won't call any out. Uh, and so we've learned plenty from our... Oh, Ethan's holding his hand up, right? <laughs> so we've done... There's a lot of things we've learned and a lot from mistakes. So if I can share some of those practical things. So when the scenario like that happens, remember the mind of God. It's a high crime. Those were high crimes. Connect them to the Ten Commandments, right? If possible, immediately sweep them up. Deal with sin immediately. Sweep them up, remove them to another room, uh, remembering that their disobedience has broken fellowship with God. And you want to restore that as quick as possible. That's why we're not waiting. We're not waiting hours, days, minutes. We're not waiting. We're going to deal with it. They probably broke, they for sure broken fellowship with God, possibly with siblings and likely with parents. And you know what our desire is? To restore fellowship. ASAP, as quick as possible. So we take them, we're not waiting. We take them, we remove them to another room. When, in, when alone in the room, we highlight their high crime. We highlight, you remember this commandment? You remember this commandment? You remember this commandment? I'm spanking you because you have broken God's commandment, right? And so this is what God has told me to do. I'm obeying God. You need to learn to obey God. So the goal here is to get them to see, get them to see and understand and own their own sin. But they're descendants of Adam, and guess what they're likely to do? He didn't give me that toy when I asked him. I asked him three times. He didn't give it to me. You wouldn't let me have any of those cookies. Right? Who are they blaming now for their, their disobedience? Everybody else but themselves. You've got to get them as much as you can to own them. So we explain the high crime that's been broken. We ask them to bend over. Um, we ask them to bend over to receive their punishment. And we want them to learn to accept their discipline. If they don't bend over, then mom and dad help them. And they might get a few more swats for, again, being disobedient, right? The swats have to be painful. Remember what Hebrew, the passage in Hebrew said, painful, painful, painful. And we want the swats, one or two, uh, three or four, right, to be painful. We're not going through the motion and swatting a mosquito on their backside, right? We know, we're not looking to draw blood. We're not looking to raise the skin, but we're looking that it's painful. And... Uh, Remember, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, so we want them to fear. By the way, I'll come to this in a minute, the, a handy little tool. All my children recognize this, right? So <laughs> we'll come to this in a minute. All right, we usually do not swat them with our hand. Remember, it used the word rod. Some of you have grown up with wooden spoons and other things. And when you go out, as parent, when your parents used a wooden spoon, when you go out in public and dad's got a wooden spoon hanging out of his pocket, right? Everybody knows what's going on, right? But when you have a, 
a glue stick like this and it bends and it goes in your pocket, nobody knows, nobody cares, right? They're saying, and you give it a nickname. Yeah. Except at Christ Presbyterian. Yeah. <laughs> and friends of ours have even given it a personal name, Charlie or Fred, right? And they will tell their kid, Charlie, Fred, or George is with us. Would you like to meet with Charlie, Fred, or George, right? So, uh, and now that sets the kid's mind on, remember that as long as they know their boundaries, they, they deal well with that. So we don't use our hand, we use a rod. Uh, this is our plastic rod and it works well. We broke quite a few spoons, so we decided to go this. I'm not sure we've ever broken one. No. There were people, there were times that we found them Somebody had taken up to chewing them, but we don't know who, and we won't mention names. So, the spanking should generate some tears or some sniffling, right? Immediately followed with hugs. Remember, the whole goal is restoration, not just, I'm large and I'm in charge. You've crossed me and you should know better. It's all about restoration. It's quick to hugging. We're waiting for them to calm down. We're showing them our love. Remember, God loved us while we were still his enemies, right? So we are showing them that love, uh, and we are showing them that God loves them and that he's restoring them. Once the tears have subsided, it's prayer. It's a time of prayer, right? If they're old enough, we want them to pray. We want them to pray and first seeking forgiveness from God, and then... <laughs> Praying that they would repent, which means turn and not do this again, right? And then mom and dad are praying for them as well, right? Next, we would have them make any restitution. So if they've sucker punched the brother, right? They've got to go hug and maybe possibly something else with the brother. They've got to seek uh, forgiveness and possibly even a, offer a verbal blessing to their sibling, which is always unique to see. Right when the four or five year old blesses their sister or brother, and that restitution may come in other forms, right? Especially as they get older, I'll touch on that a little later. Remember, in all that we're doing, we want to act like the heavenly Father. This sin has been dealt with appropriately. We do not want to bring it back up hours, days, and weeks later. That would be like garbage going back to the garbage pile and bringing it back and rubbing their face in it. You did this two days ago. You did this three days ago. As far as the east is from the west, we put this aside and we don't talk about it. Now, what I just described, parents, works pretty works well for the 18-month-old. And by the way, you might say 18 months, I would tell you, as soon as the little one, when you give them a command and they can acknowledge it and they understand it, and that's all different ages, and they turn and they smile and they do just the opposite. That's when, that's when war has been declared. So I know with children it's different, but so from whatever that young age is up to five, six, seven years old, right? Spanking works really well. Now they get a little older, right? They get a little older. They're taller than mom, right? So how to get those 13-year-old boys over your knee, right? It's but tough. It's <laughs> tough, right? So the principles are the same. The tactics, I will tell you, should be a little different. What you want to do is you want to pick out that which is still painful. It may not be a swat on the backside. It may be removing some privileges for a time, right? Taking away the computer or the phone, something that's incredibly painful. That's what you want to get across, right? So just 
the, the principles are the same, just changed our tactics, right? In, my, in our 25, 30 years of, uh, with this, we've heard people say they've never had to spank their child. And I want to say, Jesus was only born once. I don't think he's in your family, right? So these people are declaring either their standards of holiness and righteousness are not where God's standards are, or the little one has learned how to manipulate. Right? Because I hear this, well, we never had to spank him. I, I've just verbally corrected him, and they cried. By the way, for those that are old enough, I think Bill Clinton knew how to do that when his mother disciplined him. <laughs> the tears would come flowing, and she would turn her head, and he would turn off the tears and go on, right? So that's learning how to manipulate. Or there are others that say, I've tried it, I've tried it, i tried it, it doesn't work. And i got to tell you, right, the temptation, and it's true, to say, God is truthful, and all the rest of us are liars. You're a liar. I want to tell this person. But out of graciousness, I would encourage this uh, father, mother to be spank a little harder, if they're not spanking hard, or to be consistent. Parents, we struggle with being consistent. We confuse our children. Or we're spanking out of anger, right? And we're not blessing them. So there's a lot of ways that parents can get this wrong. But let's try to do what's right. So when the children are young, there are seasons of open disobedience. War is declared. All children need to be disciplined. Some will get it sooner than others. So remember the prodigal son. He had two sons. One said, yes, dad, yes, dad, yes, dad, yes, dad. But he never, he never gave his father his heart. That was the older son. There was the younger son who was probably needed a few more spankings. All right, But they all need to be spanked. There's this war that's declared, and we need to meet it. Right. So think about this, Right, how children grow through this. So the children, as they get a little older, so let's say they've gone from 18 months, 5 years, now they're 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, they learn what's acceptable. They're not as likely in the Walmart aisle to throw, down, to throw themselves down on the ground and be, throw a temper tantrum, right? That's normally 3, 4, 5-year-old. But yet, there are sinful actions within them, right? And so what we have to figure out is we have to figure out when they're doing this we have to take up a different tactic. And to know if we, don't, if we haven't dealt with it when, when they're young, it only gets worse the older they get. So, in our lifetime, we've seen the colossal mistake. We've witnessed it with parents who have listened to the expert. The child psychology experts, by the way, often have never had their own children, but somehow they know what's right, right? They've, missed, they've dismissed the, the concept of spanking, and they say children are only expressing themselves. And you know what? They're right. And the way they're expressing themselves is they're showing themselves to be descendants of Adam. And it's not funny. I mean, it, sometimes it makes you giggle, but it's not funny. It is an absolute high crime. Spanking them to, spanking to them seems as barbaric. Therefore, parents have tried every other method, right? And we've seen how we've lived long enough to see families who are disobedient and their children have grown up and we've seen broken marriages we've seen manipulative adults we've seen children born out of wedlock right um, we've seen children who have rejected the faith so know what's at stake parents with young ones right so 
these children grew, they knew how to manipulate their parents, and the parents never won their hearts. The parents of these children, right, they didn't have the endurance, or they just, the children saw it as a battle between me and them, and the children, guess who has more energy? The young child has far more energy than us, and especially have multiples, right? Then they have, combined, they have more energy. So the, children, the young ones know how to push this. Think about when they declare, they declare war and they start their disobedience all over again. For you, it's the most inconvenient time. Guests in the house, you're out in public, you're at church. That's when these children, they, they understand their boundaries in the house. Now they want to know what they are outside the house, right? And there are parents who concede the battle, who cave to the children, and because they're trying to avoid the nuclear eruptions. Uh, they're like Neville Chamberlain. By the way, Connor can explain that analogy to you a little later. They're like Neville, Neville Chamberlain. They've conceded all the territory, right? But guess who's, won, guess who's won or guess who's winning? The children. The children are in control. And they want to continue to be in control all their life. So in this approach, instead of obeying God, we are obeying our children. And scripture says this will result in shame. Shame. Talk, think who wants to be a fool, who wants to have a son for a fool, right? You walk by his house, you walk by his farm, and everyone says, a fool lives there. Instead of the father's shame. So these parents have learned how to avoid problems, or so they thought. And the children have learned how to get their ways. Now these young children become adults. These, and now as they're becoming young adults, uh, they don't want their brother's toy anymore. They want mom and dad's car. They don't want the chocolate chip cookies. Oh, they don't mind it. But they want to stay out all night. They want all the privileges of adulthood without any of the responsibilities. They've tired of church. They don't want to go. They... Their new experts in their life are their friends. And all their friends have gotten together, they pooled their ignorance, and they've declared what's right or wrong. And everything that's right in their mind is wrong in your mind, right? You've seen this. They have found the truth in their new form of music, or when they're on drugs, or when they're meditating uh, to the statue of Buddha, right? This is what they found. The parents soon realized the potential damage and now when they're 17 or 18, they want to clamp down with hundreds of rules. Well, think about, is it the law itself that brings grace and salvation? So here you are, instead of clamping down when they're two or three, people clamp down when they're 17 or 18. And now the first chance this child gets, they bolt. And they want nothing to do with the family. Right? They have, no they have nothing, no love, no mom and dad haven't won their heart, and they're going somewhere else, right? So, but they, what they do want from mom and dad when they bolt, and they're just manipulated enough to do it, or know how to get it, is money. Support my lifestyle. By the way, we see a whole culture of this, don't we? So, parents, let me encourage you, those that are in the heat of the battle, don't give up. Your child will not be two or three or four all your life. Be consistent. I know it seems like all I did today was spank, right? But there is a time for everything, as the preacher says in Ecclesiastes. There is a time for spanking. Seek to win their hearts as early as possible. Spend time with them. Love them. Care for them. Talk to them. 
even as you spank them, seek to give them blessing upon blessing. Set an example. You submit to God. Spare not the rod. You submit to God and pray that they would submit to God. Don't tolerate sin. Deal with it consistently, immediately, so that fellowship with God and family is restored. Teach them to, be, uh, to own the results of their sinful actions and by faith. Know that the, the uh, backside is connected to the heart. The backside is connected to the heart. Or God so made it that way, right? So by faith, show yourself not to be a fool, but beat or spank your children. By faith, say, God, I'm going to obey you. By faith, God, I'm praying for my little one. By faith, know that the Spirit is working in this child. And this is the way God has commanded us to take this up. So that will be the end of our talks on spanking. Comments, questions? Well, as you were talking about this earlier on, you mentioned the fact that this is a crime. And to the average person out there on the street, of course,